Happy Monday on today's episode of the John Campy Show podcast. Verizon is going to be offering a bundle deal with Netflix, Max, Hulu, ESPN, and Disney Plus for $20 a month. Also, PlayStation owners just found out that Discovery content they bought is being taken away. It's every physical media owner's proclamation of the apocalypse that's coming. Also, Kevin Feige is now saying that Robert Downey Jr. won't be reappearing in the MCU, but it's decidedly different than what he said just three weeks ago. We'll discuss that. Patrick Stewart straight up says that he can't deny that he may be appearing in Avengers Secret Wars. The Marvels is ending its theatrical run officially as the lowest grossing Marvel Cinematic Universal film of all time. Bunch of trailers came out of Brazil. House of the Dragon, The Boys, Fallout, Halo. Which of these series had the best new trailer? Speaking of new trailers, Godzilla X Kong, The New Empire, I think that's what it's called, dropped its first trailer. It's a banger. We're going to talk about all that and a whole bunch more. The John Campy Show podcast starts right now. Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie-related show on the planet Earth, the John Campus Show podcast, coming from right here in our quaint little studio, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around so we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies and movie news, TV and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff, not just giving you our opinions, but also giving you some background and context so you guys can form your own well-informed opinions, whether they're the same or completely different than ours. Uh, joining us in the studio today, we got Ray Or, hey. Jonathan Voikos here. All right. <laughs> and uh, joining us from the Plague Bunker, it's Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today, sir? Eight days I've tested positive for covid well, you're, sounding, week, baby. you're sounding much better now, though. Well, I, feel, I, I feel pretty. I feel all my, pretty good. I still have the crud in my chest, but I feel better. A lot well, better. Well, that's good to know. It'll be good to have you back in the studio here. But most importantly, guys, it's good to have you guys here. Thanks for joining us today. Here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to start off by running down all those topics that I listed. Then the last part of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, we already asked our beloved YouTube channel members to send in some topics. We're going to get through a bunch of those. But also, if you're watching live, you can use the super chat feature in the live chat to send in something as long as it's appropriate for us to address on the show we'll address that right near the end of the program all right guys with that all down we got a lot of stuff to cover here today and we're going to start off with this you know in this new era of streaming just like some of the people back when streaming was started was you know prophesying that eventually streaming is just going to be more expensive than cable and people like me said no it won't well, here we are, and it kind of is, which has got a lot of us thinking if they're going to go back to kind of like the cable model and maybe do some bundling. And we've talked in recent weeks about, you know, some providers going to be doing a little bit of bundling, but nothing as robust as what's just been announced is going to be coming out of Verizon. This comes to us from the folks at Deadline who write the following. The Verizon will offer the ad-supported Netflix and the ad-supported Max tiers in a bundle for $10 a month starting on December 7th. That is significantly cheaper than if you did it individually. The deal available for Verizon's My Plan customers reps more than 40% in savings. The big telco said today, now this is where it gets even more interesting. Verizon will then offer two content bundles, Netflix and Max Plus, the Disney bundle, which includes Disney Plus, no ads, 
Hulu with ads and ESPN Plus with ads for $20 a month. Bundling is growing increasingly popular since it reduces churn for streaming platforms. All right, first thing I want to touch on is this. Uh, this is actually a really good deal. If you're a Verizon member and, and you got a Verizon My Plan, the fact that you could get, okay, ad-supported Netflix Max, ad-free Disney Plus, Hulu with ads and ESPN with ads for 20 bucks a month? That's a pr that's a pretty good deal. Now, uh, of course, the Netflix ad-supported plan doesn't have all the bells and whistles that the regular full plan does, but this is something that I think a lot of people have been starting to say that they would like to see the idea of bundling. Now, why is this something that can work for them? Well, it goes to what we've been talking a lot on the show about recently when it comes to streaming. Churning, the amount of people who churn has doubled every year for the last number of years. And of course, churning is just basically the idea that you subscribe to a service so you can watch one show or movie, and then once you're done, you cancel the service and then maybe come back when something else comes on that you're interested in. The streaming services want to cut down on churn. And if you're part of a bundle that says has Netflix, Max, and Disney Plus in it, okay, maybe nothing you want to watch is on Netflix right now, but you got that new Disney Plus show you want to see. So you don't churn, you just... Keep your subscription active, your bundled subscription active. It's actually rather brilliant. It's a really good move, and they're right. It will work. This will cut down on the amount of churn, and as long as they offer it at a dollar value, that is appealing. Not to mention, Rob, we've talked a lot on the show about the fact that, you know, the big streamers like Netflix, Max, they want to try to push people more to their ad-supported tiers because even though it's cheaper, they'll actually make more money off of people watching ads than paying extra for a subscription service. I think this is something that's going to be very, very popular. And another report, Rob, came out that Apple Plus and Paramount Plus are talking about bundling their services now too. Anyway, you heard about this. Do you like it? Is there anything about it that you don't like? Does this make sense for consumers? Does it make sense for the streamers? How do you see it? Well, John, we've talked about this prophetically for a long time. And I think that... Uh, it's going to be good for consumers, but I also don't want to like, are the rates going to get changed up every couple of months? I mean, are they going to lock us in? Like if you have to get a bundle, can you sign up for a year or three at a fixed rate that isn't going to change? Because I don't want to be experimented on as a consumer by these streaming services as they figure out how to get into profitability. But Right now, my first inclination is that this is a good thing. And I think it's something we expected. And I think Apple Plus and Paramount, I mean, why doesn't Apple just buy Paramount? But I could see that that's a, that's a great thing because alone, both Apple and Paramount might not be desirable for some consumers. But together as a bundle, they have a lot more to offer. So why not do it? And, you know, it kind of works for these big traditional companies, too. Like, we've talked a lot recently about the fact that in recent years that, you know, whether it's AT&T, Spectrum, you know, providers, traditional providers are going to fall off on the wayside as the new era of streaming comes in. Well, now companies like Verizon are coming in saying, we found a way to be a part of the game. We are now in the streaming game and we're offering these bundles and all this kind of stuff. I, I think, let me ask you this though, Rob, you know, the main motivation here for 
the different streaming services, Netflix, Max, Disney Plus, is to try to curb churn. Do yes. you think having these bundles will, in fact, um, let's say, encourage people not to engage in churning and just stick with it if they've got their bundle? Do you think it might not make that big of a deal? Well, no, because I think with a bundle, if you're bundling services, you get double the content, sometimes triple the content. I mean, Apple Plus teaming up with Paramount makes a lot of sense because you're going to get access to the Taylor Sheridan shows, to Star Trek, to all kinds of things that you might not get on Apple alone. So I think it must curtail stream, uh, churn to a certain extent, if only because you're getting twice as much uh, material. Maybe. You know what they need to do? If they're going to bundle things, sex they, court TV. No, they should have one username, <laughs> one password for the whole bundle instead of having to create a username and password for every single service. Cause you know, when sometimes they sign you out, like after a little while, if you're in, and you go, you know, it's one of those stupid things. But you know what? That's about. no, what you're saying makes sense because that's kind of what Amazon does. Cause with Amazon, you can subscribe. If you have Amazon, you know, uh, video, Amazon video, right? Within Amazon Video, you can add on subscriptions for Stars or for Max or whatever, and you can just log into your Amazon thing and get into those other services through there. So expanding something like that would make a lot of sense too. And the problem here is Verizon. I'm not Verizon. If they offered this to Xbox users, I'll be all over this for sure. Well, now it's a matter of can Xbox make a deal with all yep. the streaming services that offer deal. that bundle, right? That wow, deal. that would be interesting. China Churner. China Churner. <laughs> Stop being a Chena Churner. I'm your private password. A password <laughs> for money. Password. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to this. I'm real glad Rob's on the show for this one. <laughs> so, listen, I, in the war between the idea of physical media versus digital media, right? Like, I'm, I'm one of these people that... I gave up on physical media well over a decade ago, right? I've been a purely digital guy. And of course, the big boogeyman in the night story that physical media people will tell you, and you know, Christopher Nolan just said this himself, is, well, the, you know, the, they're going to come along in the middle of the night and they're going to take away all those movies you bought. You bought all these movies, John, they're there on digital, but at some point they can come along and just take them away. And we know that that's been a possibility, but like I said, I've been buying digital movies for well over a decade, I've never lost one single title. Not one. And I can't say the same as when I was a physical media collector where whether it's through moving, you know, changing addresses, people borrowing things, discs getting scratched, I lost a lot more movies when I was a physical media buyer. But something happened in the last couple of days that makes that, ooh, the boogeyman's going to come to get you seem a little bit more terrifyingly real. As PlayStation owners who have bought Discovery content suddenly found that all of their Discovery content that they purchased, seasons of TV shows or whatnot, poof, gone like a fart in the wind. Disappeared. He's like, like that Seinfeld. Rogue, it disappeared. <laughs> like that Rogue Squadron movie we were supposed to get. Just Aww. gone. This comes just from the folks at CBR who wrote the following. Sony announced that over 1,000 seasons of Warner's Discovery Channel TV shows will be removed from PlayStation user libraries regardless of whether one paid for them. PlayStation owners were notified that from December 31st onward, 
access to previously purchased Discovery Channel content would be revoked, and the content would be removed from all video libraries. As of December 31st, it said in their release 2023, due to our content licensing agreements with content providers, you will no longer be able to watch any of your previously purchased Discovery content, and the content will be removed from your video library. Now, the first thing I should probably say is something that a lot of you are thinking. Neither I nor anybody I personally know in all of my lifetime owns any Discovery content. <laughs> I don't know anybody who bought season 15 of Cake Boss. Of 90 Day Fiance, baby. Or, or 90 Day Fiance. I'm sure they exist. I'm sure those people exist. I'm just saying I don't personally know anybody who has bought season three of Flip or Flop. I, I, I don't personally know anybody that's owned that. But that's not really the point. The point is that this is a very real, tangible example of even if you think you dropped $25.99 to buy, you know, season number two of Extreme Makeover, you don't own it. And even though you paid to buy it, it could theoretically at some point, maybe, <laughs> boom, just be taken away and it could be gone. And today is a day of great prideful justification for all these people who have been, you know, spouting the, the boogeyman stuff like Robert Meyer read <laughs> that at some point they could come along. Now, we could go into the discussion about the report that came out in Deadline that they estimate that only about 34% of people of physically bought media ever actually gets played in any Blu-ray player. That, that's fine, but that's, the, that's on the side. This is an example of somebody coming along and taking away. Now, I do want to throw this out there. Um, I came across this option and maybe you can look it up, Jonathan, but there is a service, I believe, called Play On. Now, I'm a little uncertain about the finer details of the legality oh. of it. I think it is covered. I, I, I oh, think no. it is. Don't take my word for it, though. But there's a service called Play On that basically allows you, if you have streaming content, then you've purchased that for home video use. It allows you to then download a copy of it. Um, so if you are somebody who owns owns some of this discovery content, then maybe it's a service you can look in. Again, I believe it. Yeah, there it is. Play on. Play so on go, playa. Lo, go look into that. Should be called play on playa. Uh, play on playa. That's the professional <laughs> version of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, then I believe, and don't quote me on this, I could be wrong, but I believe from what I've seen preliminarily that I think you're perfectly within your rights to, if you purchase that copy, you can make a copy for yourself to have. Uh, that being aside, I just want to throw that out you that out there for any of you who are going to be affected by this, that maybe there are some options out there. So I don't, I see a lot of people getting mad at PlayStation. 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 It's not really their fault. It's the a licensing agreement. I see some people getting mad at Discovery. I, I, I don't think this is a case that either PlayStation, Sony, or Discovery goes, you know what we want to do today? I want to take away people's it. season six of Eyebrow Artist. 
I want to take that away. No, I think it's just a matter that they couldn't work out their licensing deal. Do you think they it's appropriate for them to like, let's say if you're browsing through the discovery section in the PlayStation store, there's a little thing at the bottom that says you you may be able to watch this until this certain date, meaning when their licensing seeing ends, something like that, some headline warning customers, because doing it like this and taking it away will infuriate a lot of people. Oh, yeah, listen, there are a lot of people like us who make and watch shows like this one that have talked that, you know, technically speaking, you don't own those things. They could be taken away theoretically. But I think the vast, 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 vast majority of the average television viewing public doesn't understand that. Here's what I think the answer to this is. And Rob, I'd be curious to know what you think about this. Because no matter what you do, what kind of safeguards you try to put in place, let's say Apple has a disastrous next three years and they just close down. They go out of business. Well, anything you bought on iTunes isn't going to be there. Here's what I think the option is. This is what I think needs to become, and I'll go so far as to say this. I think this needs to be a law. I think there needs to be a law that says... If you sell a movie or season of TV to somebody via digital streaming methods, then whether you are the exhibitor that has a license with the content creators or you are the content creators themselves, if for whatever reason a customer buys a movie or a season of television in reliance on you as a provider and you as a content creator then I think this needs to be a law. That if for whatever reason your licensing agreement falls apart or your company is about to go bankrupt or whatever, I think there needs to be a law that says if any consumer that bought your content is going to lose access to that content, you have 45 days to make a downloadable digital copy made available to those customers. So if I buy a copy of, I don't know, Cannonball Run <laughs> off of Voodoo or something, there needs, and I can just stream it off Voodoo anytime I want, there needs to be a law, I think, in place that says, hey, if Walmart decides they're going to close Voodoo down, that's fine. You need to give all the customers who bought that movie 45 days notice, then you have to make available to them a downloadable copy so they can download it and have it on their own personal computer. I think that is a law that makes sense. I think it would give consumers a lot more, um, I was going to say comfort, but a lot more trust in this system. You put that in place, I think it fixes everything. Because right now, There are some people living somewhere, I suppose, I don't know any of them, that are no longer going to have access to Chef Wars Season 4. They're going to be pretty pissed off today because they dropped 30 bucks to buy the season. Simply make a law that says those people, if you're going to close it down or terminate that licensing deal, you give them the option with certain notice to download a digital copy for themselves. Rob, honestly, that is the only thing I can think of that might alleviate or fix this particular problem, but it's part of the new reality. And despite the fact that this is a real danger, physical media sales continue to decline unless you're Oppenheimer, but everybody's running headlines that Oppenheimer sold out. Yeah, but they didn't tell you that they produced less than one quarter 
of the copies uh, that they would have produced five years ago. Regardless. Still sold out, baby. But still sold out. Still sold out. And it did. Rob, how big of a problem can something like this become? And what could be an option to alleviate the problem that seems to be facing everybody? Well, I think ultimately the, the big problem here is you're creating distrust amongst your consumer base. 100%. You, you know, and, and that is money. You want your consumer, especially with games being downloadable and, and, and no one owning anything anymore. Uh, if you're going to spend 50 bucks for a game or $30 for a season of TV, you want to be assured that your money is going to something that you're actually going to access whenever you want it. So... It's not, look, PlayStation doesn't own the content. They're just licensing it out from discovery. But there's an expectation, I think, that um, when you are going to a reputable company like PlayStation, that you're going to get something for your dollar. Do you get a refund? Do you get a coupon that allows you game, free game downloads? Something. But it seems that if they're just going to wash their hands of this, because Discovery is now teamed up with Warner Brothers, it's not fair to the people that put their money down. And I understand that things change, businesses get acquired, but I, I like your idea, John, that, that consumers should have an expectation when they spend their money for something virtual, they get something in return or some kind of assurance. Because otherwise, why would consumers spend their money on virtual products? It becomes a real serious issue, too. And here's the thing that I think a lot of people got to remember as well. PlayStation is the one, say, we buy the movie from. At least we're on their portal when we buy the movie. But it's not like they get all the money. They get a chunk of it. Then a bunch of it has to go off to the creator, in this case, Discovery. So Discovery would have to refund. PlayStation would have to refund. All that kind of stuff. And they're not in the business of refunding. And that's why I, I think and it sounds like, Rob, you agree with me on this. Simple solution. Say, okay, if you bought our content, you can stream it off our service forever as long as we're around and our agreements are all in place. But if there's ever a problem, we make available to you a downloadable version. I think that fixes 99% of the problem. It helps shore up that trust you were talking about, Rob, that I think you so accurately pointed out because this is going to be problematic. This is yes. going to be very, very, very problematic. And- or uh, or they should let you go to Discovery's website with like a code so you can access that stuff there. Oh, yeah. Just just make sure one way or another that you are going to have it made available to you. One way or another. Whether you download a copy, we're going to make sure you can now get it on this other service. You mm -hmm. have access to all the content you've purchased before. But something has to be put into place other, other than what seems to be Discovery's and PlayStation's solution right now is, oh, well, too bad. That seems to be the only answer consumers are getting right now. Oh, well, too bad. And it's two different companies that are creating. Yeah. People are mad at PlayStation and they're mad at Discovery. So, uh, you know, I would think both companies have a vested interest in making sure that their consumer base is taken care of. Yeah. And again, I'm all for free market and everything, but this is one of those situations where government regulation, I think, needs to step in to protect consumers because consumers, those ones who, you know, want to watch Cupcake Wars, and they bought their season 17 of Cupcake Wars. They just got ripped off. <laughs> they paid to buy it, and now it's gone, and this is a situation where government needs to step in and regulate this. Anyway, hopefully there's some answers in this. What do you guys think? 
Jump on down to some comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right. With that down, guys, let's move on and talk about this, shall we? Kevin Feige uh, just did an interview with Vanity Fair, I should say, where he basically kind of says that they're not going to have Robert Downey Jr. in the MCU anymore. Now, this, of course, comes on the heels of a bunch of reports. Remember that report came out that Robert Downey Jr. has already signed up and agreed to come back for Avengers. Now, I I said during that thing that I did not believe the report, even though I personally 100% believe that at some point he is going to be back. I I didn't really buy the idea that he's already signed on to appear in these Avengers movies, but I, I do believe he's going to be back. I've always thought that. Well, here's the thing, though. Kevin Feige, these comments that Kevin Feige just made, basically implying that Robert Downey Jr. would not be back in the MCU, stand kind of in contrast to comments he just made three weeks ago, which makes me wonder a little bit what's going on. Here's what we're talking about. The story today coming out of Vanity Fair, Kevin Feige said this, we are going to keep that moment when, you know, Tony Stark dies at the end of Endgame. Spoiler alert. We are going to keep that moment and not touch that moment again, Feige said of Stark's final moments in the 2019 film. We all worked very hard for many years to get to that, uh, to get to that, and we would never want to magically undo it in any way. Okay, so understandably, some people, a lot of people, most people, understandably, are reading that as Kevin Feige saying Robert Downey Jr. will not be back in the MCU. I mean, he doesn't say that verbatim, but... That's what seems to be the implied message. This gets a little bit confusing. Just three weeks ago, not months, not years, in Variety said the following. When asked about those rumors going around that they're bringing back all the OG Avengers and stuff like that, he said this. We are doing a project with Scarlet, and I love Robert. We're talking about uh, Downey Jr. there, Myers. Um, and I love Robert. He is part of the family. But in terms of returning, we'll have to see. In terms of returning, we'll have to see. That was three weeks ago. So I want to throw out a couple of options of what might be happening here. Option number one is what most people understandably are assuming. That Kevin Feige is saying definitively Robert Downey Jr. will not be back in the MCU. I don't believe that. But, I mean, listen, even I have to say... That kind of sounds like what he's saying. So option number one, he's straight up saying Robert Downey Jr. is going to be back. Option number two, he's doing what he has done a little bit in the past, which is playing some verbal gymnastics. Let's look at the quote again. We are keeping that moment, Tony dying, and we're not going to touch that moment again. Okay, he could just be specifically talking about retconning, redoing, revisiting the death scene of whatever. He says, we all worked very hard for years Uh, to get to that, and we would never want to magically undo it in any way. Okay, so on the one hand, he could be saying Robert Downey Jr. is never coming back. Although, if you read what he actually said, he could also be talking about, we're not going to undo the death of Tony Stark in Endgame. That event is never going to be changed. He says we're never going to magically undo it. But theoretically speaking... There's a lot of ways that Marvel has brought characters back that have not touched or hurt other moments. You could make an argument that Loki coming back for the Loki television series did not 
magically undo the events in Infinity War when Thanos killed him. It did not touch that moment, the way he calls it. I mean, theoretically, it could work into that. So option number one, he's straight up just saying Robert Downey Jr. isn't going to be back. Option number two, he's playing some verbal gymnastics and saying we're never going to touch the moment, that event that happened where Tony died. Option number three, it's just an Andrew Garfield thing and it's just all misdirection. Right? you got a thought? Uh, I have a... Um... <laughs> Didn't the town hall, their town hall meeting just pass? What if Iger is really trying to not lose money? We all know Downey Jr. is expensive, right? So sure. what if what if they went over that and he's like, no, we just can't, we can't be losing money? Because the way I think about it, if they paid Robert Downey Jr. thinking that they would get it in return, the money in return for from his it's just going to end sometime anyways. You might as well lose money right now and build these new characters instead of bringing older people who are more expensive and are going to leave anyways, right? It's like it's almost like the WWE comparison. When WWE was losing money, they were building up stars like Edge, the younger guys, and they lasted them a lifetime while WCW kept taking in all these older guys. This is like wrestling terms if anyone yeah, wants to know. but I mean you have to look at it this way too. I mean would you spend that much money on Robert Downey? Would you think he was worth bringing back for that amount of money for? I, look I've always thought he got paid too much. Right. But in his, de in Robert Downey Jr.'s defense he worked out a deal where yeah. he got paid a percentage of the movie's box office returns. That was a risk because if the movies True. didn't make money he wasn't going to make any money. But I will say this Marvel has never lost any money that Robert Downey Jr. was in their movie. I'm not saying it's just because Robert Downey Jr. was in it, but they have never lost money. Good point. And the building up of the new stars, they've done horrible at that. Yeah, I know. We've gone years without seeing Shang-Chi again. They've been introducing a glut of all these new characters. It hasn't been panning out. Because even when they've made a good movie or a good TV show, which isn't all that often, they're not following it up to really build up these characters. So, I mean, I would think, personally, I mean, as long as Robert Downey Jr. isn't coming in the room and saying, I want $50 million to be in a movie, if he's willing to come in for his old deal, say, look, I'll tell you what, I'll take $8 million as a guarantee, and I'll take 2% of the box office. Okay, great. If the box office bombs, you've paid him $8 million. If it does great, well, then he makes money, you make money. I, Rob, I, I mean, look, the bottom line is going to be here. I still believe, even though I've, <laughs> I've been very clear, no one has ever told me that Robert Downey Jr. is coming back, all right? I still believe he will, but I think there are some very valid ways of interpreting what Kevin Feige just said, including that he's never coming back. I think that's a totally valid interpretation of what he just said, even though it's not what I believe. You heard what he said. How do you interpret it? Well, I think he has left it open for interpretation. Like, we're never going to touch that moment. Well, you think that was on purpose? Yeah, I do think that was. Yeah, it was okay. very direct. I think they need to worry about bringing the entire universe back. <laughs> and if they think Robert Downey Jr. will help it, I, I think if they did it now, it would actually come off as really pandering and that they're grasping at straws. What I would like to see, I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe needs to prove once again that they have a plan that they know what they're doing. They're leading into these, they're leaning into two Avengers films and we still don't know who's even in the Avengers. And I, I, I find that crazy that we're, we're, we don't know. And it's bizarre because remember we got Avengers, the first Avengers 
uh, four years after Iron Man dropped. There's not an Avengers movie in the foreseeable future for another couple of years. And we're going to be how long since we saw Endgame? It's going to be quite a while. I think it, well, when, when is, it comes, the uh, what, what is currently called Kang Dynasty. I believe that comes out in 2025, right? Yeah. And so it's 2025 and then 2026 for Secret Wars, I think. Yeah. Or is it 2026, 2027? It, it might be What's that? Let me look. It might be 26 and 27 now. Yeah, I might. So, I mean, let's say for argument's sake right now, as Ray looks it up, if it is 26, that'll be seven years after Endgame. Seven years. That's almost twice. 26 for Dynasty. 26 for Dynasty, 27 for Secret Wars. Yep. So we're going to be seven years after the events of Endgame before we get the next Avengers film. Yeah. I I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, if you think about it, John, between Star Wars and Return of the Jedi... Only six years took place, and I you needed the years to make Star Wars, of course, but still they were able to give us Empire and Jedi in that period of time. And how come the most lucrative brand of all time, which is the Avengers in terms of sales, that they would even let it go for that long? Well, I mean, if they've been trying to, as Ray was pointing out, if they've been trying to build up a new generation, stuff like that, to build us into the Avengers, they've done a piss poor job. (laughs) Yeah, they really have. a really bad job of that. So, Rob, let me put you on the spot then, because I've I've laid it out there. I still believe, and I might be proved (laughs) wrong, but I still believe right now that at some point, Robert Downey Jr. will be back. Taking into consideration what Kevin Feige just said, if you had to guess right now, 10 years from now, are we talking about how Robert Downey Jr. did come back at some point or that he didn't? What do you what do you think? Ooh, I think he is coming back, but not to play our Tony Stark. Yeah, like it's some something some other it's, version or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so he's gonna be a variant. And, All right. And you know, yeah. Guys. What do you think? Uh, maybe look totally un- I'd have no argument with you if you look at what Kevin Feige said and think, hey John, he was clearly just saying Robert Downey Jr. just isn't going to be back. I have no argument with you because I think it's rational to look at that and, and interpret that. I still believe he will, but I don't know. <laughs> what do you guys think? Let us know. All right. With that down, guys, let's move on and talk about this, shall we? Talking about returns to the MCU. Every new movie that comes out, because it's already happened a couple of times, the discussion eventually comes to, will Patrick Stewart pop up in it, reprising his role as Professor Charles Xavier? Maybe even the role. You might have thought never, ever could another role come along that would make us think of that other role when we think of Patrick Stewart other than Captain Jean-Luc Picard. But listen, I think there's going to be a lot of people when they think of Patrick Stewart, they're going to think of Professor Charles Xavier, founder and leader of the X-Men, who's now popped up here and there, to and fro. Well, you guys know there have been a bunch of uh, whispers going around. Of course, he hinted that he's going to be in Deadpool 3. But there has also been a bunch of whispers that Patrick Stewart is going to pop up in either Avengers 5 or Avengers 6. Well, Patrick Stewart was recently on a Canadian uh, entertainment show where the reviewer straight up asked him, Can you confirm or deny, or can you put to rest the rumor that you are going to be appearing in one of the next Avengers movies? To which Patrick Stewart gave a boyish grin and said the following. I cannot put it to rest because it's not a fact either for or against. It is a possibility. 
Hugh Jackman and I looked upon Logan as being our farewell. Given that I died in that film, although I've been told I've actually died several times already, how do I do that? Again, I cannot put it to rest because it is neither a fact for or against. It is a possibility. So Patrick Stewart has never been one to hide a lot of stuff. Like he's like right back from the time he was the first person that gave us the slightest hint that he might be appearing in Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. And it seems like this continues, Rob, I don't know how many people or how many kitchen sinks they're going to try to throw at these Avengers films with bringing in all these characters. But if Patrick Stewart is sitting on television and saying, I can't deny it. And it is a possibility that does not confirm that he's going to be in either of the Avengers films, but it sounds an awful lot like there have been some talks and discussions. What did you think about what Patrick Stewart said? And do you think he's going to, at some point, pop up in one of these Avengers movies? Well, I thought it was sufficiently cheeky what he said, but he's not wrong. (laughs) I mean, I, I think, look, we've seen from his social media, especially when he and Ian McKellen were doing plays together, how much fun he's having on social media. So he knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um, but I would think that, look, with Hugh Jackman being in yet another movie playing Wolverine, I'm sure that Hugh Jackman has talked to uh, uh, Patrick Stewart. And do we know that Patrick Stewart isn't appearing in Deadpool 3? I'll bet you a million bucks he is. Oh, I feel I feel a lot more certain that he's going to be in. Like, I feel almost certain he's going to be in Deadpool 3. I'm, But I'm wondering about the Avengers films. Like, do you think he's going to pop up in one of those? Yeah, if if, if Secret Wars, they're going to put everybody they can. They're going to put every. I mean, Secret Wars is going to be an extravaganza to end all extravaganzas. And I mean, I would love to see a movie. uh, Look, I really liked seeing him. I got I got a little choked up when we saw him in Multiverse of Madness. I wish he had more to do. I want to see Charles Xavier in that floating wheelchair leading a hundred troops against a hundred villains. 100 superheroes against 100 villains. And he's at the front of the charge with his monster psychic powers. I I would love to see that. Give it to me. I want it. You know what? As long as we're still in this failed um, multiverse saga that they're doing, anything is possible. Anything is possible. And I think probably at the end of Avengers 6, they're going to close off multiverse. Uh, Then again, grain of salt. I thought they were going to close it off with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Little did I know that they were just kicking it off with Multiverse of Madness. But I mean, as long as they're doing this multiverse stuff, anything's a possibility and good idea or bad. Who doesn't want to see Patrick Stewart on screen every single chance you get? I I certainly do. All right, guys, listen. With that down... We are still got to talk about things like the Marvels is now ending its theatrical run, and it's officially going to be the lowest grossing MCU film of all time. A bunch of new trailers for upcoming seasons of television just dropped in Brazil, like House of the Dragon, The Boys, Fallout, Halo. Which one had the best trailer? And speaking of trailers coming out of Brazil, how about Godzilla x Kong and that whole thing that we just got? We're going to talk about that in a bunch more, but before we do, we're going to take a quick second and thank a couple of sponsors of today's episode of the John Campus Show podcast. I don't know what they are, but there's two of them. Quit Let's the go to those class. right now. <laughs> Guys, we want to take a second to thank the sponsor of today's video, 
Quip. Good health starts with good habits, and Quip makes forming good dental habits easy by delivering all of the oral care essentials that you need to care for your mouth. I've already told you guys about their incredible toothbrush that is now my favorite toothbrush I've ever owned, and their mints and gum are amazing. But now I want to tell you about their water flosser. It hits all the right spots with gentle or deep cleaning pressure at the touch of a button. And don't worry about recharging. The cordless rechargeable battery lasts up to eight weeks with daily use, no bulky charger, or dock or tangled cords. It blasts away up to 99.9% of plaque and popcorn from treated areas with precision thanks to the 360-degree rotating magnetic floss tip that snaps right into place. It's easy to control water flow that leaves you feeling squeaky clean. And the sleek and slim design, it keeps your countertops as clean as your teeth. So guys, if you go to getquip.com campia right now, you'll get 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, and water flosser. That's 20% off any electric toothbrush, mint and gum dispenser, water flosser at getquip.com slash campia. Spelt G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash campia. Quip, the good habits company. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Guys, you know, as a small business owner, I am finding myself having to be in negotiations all the time, whether it's with new contractors, vendors, or even agencies that represent our company. Now, I don't like to go into these negotiations unarmed, so I found the perfect class on Masterclass, The Art of Negotiation by Chris Voss, a real-life former FBI lead hostage negotiator. Taking this class on Masterclass made me feel a lot more equipped and confident going into all these various negotiations. I have to do on a regular basis. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. An annual membership starts at just $10 a month, and you get unlimited access to every instructor, thousands of online lessons, exclusive content, insight, and much more. There are over 180 classes to pick from, everything from filmmaking with Martin Scorsese all the way to cooking with the great Gordon Ramsay. In Masterclass, you will find practical lessons that you can apply to your life and work. This holiday season, give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com slash campia. Right now, you can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com slash campia. Masterclass.com slash campia. Offer terms apply. And thank you to our friends at Quip and Masterclass for sponsoring today's episode of the John Campia Show podcast. Even if I forgot for just a moment, which ones we had today <laughs> because it's Monday. Give me a break. All right, guys, with all that down, let's move on to this, shall we? The Marvels has been a really interesting case study of, well, several things. Uh, number one, we talked about the fact that, I mean, this thing has just fallen on its face financially. I mean, there are a lot of movies that will never get close to $200 million, but this is a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie that should as most of them should. It's also a commentary on the fact of the declining quality of the MCU. And as quality starts to decline, people will start to lose interest. It was great for over a decade when Marvel was putting out banger after banger after banger, and people kept getting excited about the new things because all the stuff they put out has been great. But as their quality has begun to wane, people's interest has begun to wane. It's not a coincidence. Also, on top of that, you had a movie that months before it came out, a lot of us expressed a lot of concern. This is based on characters, or other than Captain Marvel, the other two-thirds of this equation are based on characters that you have to have seen their shows on Disney+. Plus And Newsflash, a lot of people don't have Disney+. Plus. 
they won't know who Ms. Marvel is. They won't know who Monica is. And they're watching these trailers and thinking, oh, I'm already behind. I have no idea what's going on here. Unlike a new movie, like say Guardians, where the audience doesn't know the characters, but they know they're at the beginning and they don't feel like they're behind. That's been a big problem. Matter of fact, you know, Anne pointed out to me too, even that little last scene in the Marvels where Haley Steinfeld shows up, like Anna's like, if somebody didn't watch the Hawkeye series on Disney Plus, no one's going to know what that's about. So they didn't watch Ms. Marvel and they didn't watch the Hawkeye series. And that like last little tag scene means nothing <laughs> to any of them. But even then, while we expected not fabulous box office results from the Marvels, even with all those things working against it, we expected it would be do better than this. According to a lot of the reports, they're saying that it's going to end its theatrical run at about $80 million domestically and under $200 million worldwide. Under $200 million worldwide. And this wasn't even the worst Marvel film that came out this year. <laughs> I mean, the Marvels wasn't great, but it was fucking The Godfather compared to Ant-Man and the Lost Quantumania. <laughs> it managed to make more money than that. That's what happens. Quality declines, interest declines. But to put it more into context about just how much, and, and again, by the way, I am not a hater of this movie. Don't misinterpret me. I'm not a hater of this movie. I thought it was okay. It was yet another Marvel movie that wasn't great, but I thought it was okay. It had its moments. So don't interpret me as some hater of the Marvels. I'm not. But to put its financial failures even more into sharp contrast, let's look at some other movies that came out in 2023 that did better than the Marvels did. The Meg 2, Ray, made maybe the worst movie I've seen this year. No, no, no. Expendables. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's Expendables, too. Oh, my God. Okay. But one of the worst films I've seen this year. Meg 2 made double what the Marvels did at the box office. Go back a year and try to tell somebody that the Meg 2 was going to make more than an MCU film, the Marvels. Five Nights at Freddy's. That cost the same amount that it cost me to buy Spoiler Pig <laughs> to make, made more money than the MCU film, the Marvels. Creed 3 made hey. more money. Come on. Well, it's a good movie, but it wasn't. It was yeah, not okay, a box okay. office smash hit, right? Whoa. The Flash, which I think is a better movie, I still defend The Flash. I I, th I thought that was a thoroughly entertaining movie. Me too. But as big of a flop as The Flash was, The Flash made a lot more money. Well, it made more money than the Marvels. Guys, The Nun Two <laughs> made more money at the box office. Then the Marvels did. Taylor Swift made more money at the box office. And as much as we talked about what a sad disappointment its box office return was, despite the fact that it is a fabulous movie, Dungeons and Dragons, absolutely fabulous movie. I love this film, but it totally flopped at the box office. Dungeons and Dragons made more money than the Marvels did at the box office. I mean, woof. That's not good. But again, it should not be completely surprising. We have talked for months and a year or two that when the overall quality of your product starts to decline, 
people will get less excited about your next offering. Then you put out another thing that underwhelms, their excitement about your next project drops even more. And then you put out another thing and expectations and excitement drops even more. I think it's very comparable. I read this uh, individual who wrote on threads that says, I'm not really excited about this new Daisy Ridley Star Wars movie that they've announced. Not because I don't like Daisy Ridley. I do. I just haven't been super happy with the movies they've put out lately. I think that's completely an equivalency to what we've got going on in Marvel. The more you put out mediocre stuff, the less excited, enthusiastic people get to watch the next thing you're going to offer. It's not there anymore. They've lost the magic. They can get it back. They can, but they haven't. And on top of that, the whole experiment of just taking a couple of characters that have had no exposure to anybody only on Disney plus and suddenly dropping them in a major feature film that they're kind of the headlines on. Again, I I've told this anecdotal story, but, but I think this is very representative. I ran into one of our great viewers, Chef Rigo, and, you know, Chef Rigo said, you know, I haven't seen the Marvels yet. Me and my girlfriend haven't seen the Marvels because we haven't seen Ms. Marvel or WandaVision. Can, we don't even know if we can go to this movie. And I think what he said to me that day is very representative of a lot of average movie-going fans. And it didn't help that the movie wasn't great. Again, I'm not a hater. I don't think it was bad. But it wasn't great. And so, Rob, if you and I had had this conversation one year ago that said, ha ha, that, that nun too? Yeah, it's going to outperform an MCU movie at the box office this year. I think even if we had the lowest expectations in the world, we would have thought that statement was crazy. Yet here we are. So the Marvel's Rob is now coming to the end of his theatrical run. What are our takeaways from this? What do you think? Well, I think, first of all, they... They gave the audience an expectation of their own product, and they did a really good job of it for 23 movies in the Infinity Saga. So that's uh, the fact that they would go against that very successful formula is baffling to me. And this idea that, first of all, streaming was not a part of that, and the idea that they thought that they could get away with I mean, WandaVision was the first Disney Plus streaming series, but the fact that they could get away with caressing TV characters into their cinematic universe is something that simply hasn't worked, and they haven't done a very good job of it. WandaVision was the first show, and while I love Monica Rambeau and I love that character from the comics, we we saw her two years ago. I mean, and other yeah. than that, and now she's supposed to be a full-fledged superhero on par with Captain Marvel? Like, like, uh, and Miss Marvel is Miss Marvel the same level as Captain Marvel? I mean, Miss Marvel is a Captain Marvel fangirl. And while she has these powers, to put her on the level of a billion dollar grossing character seems a little strange. And the idea that that's the direction they wanted to go in, there, it wasn't earned. They've been making these decisions that I don't understand because, you know, John, the first three phases of Marvel were beautifully constructed. One movie led into another movie. There were consequences. There was an ongoing meta story being built across all of their individual stories, but the movies themselves stood up pretty well 
uh, as individual tales. Right. I mean, and, and I think that they've forgotten all about that. And they're telling these stories that don't, I mean, look, Gore, the God butcher and Thor love and thunder should have had a lot more gravitas. I mean, Ragnarok had gravitas. It was a lot of bad stuff happened in that movie. And even though it was funny, you felt that there were real consequences and ramifications by the end of that film. Yeah, you know, and to your point, because just as a side, some people say, well, the reason Gore didn't work is you needed a two or three movie buildup with Gore. No, you didn't. Because like you're pointing out in Ragnarok, Hela, they just developed what she was, who she was, and the stakes that she posed in the film a lot better. It's not that they didn't treat Gore the God Butcher like Gore the God Butcher. They just didn't treat him as a great individual film villain like they have with other villains. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it's, it's, it, this is what I don't, I find perplexing the whole thing about watching all these movies. Look, we were there for Eternals. I like Eternals a lot more than everyone else, but that I quite like it too. And they leave you with these giant ramifications. You have a celestial ready to judge the earth. Another one's coming out of the, the Indian ocean. And we haven't heard anything about that again. Ridiculous. So ridiculous. I mean, how do you do something like that? How do you leave an audience going, well, what's going to happen? And they've never even addressed it. And people say, well, Rob, they talked about it in She-Hulk on a web page. I mean, that's, come on, that's not, that's not what they were doing in the first 23 movies of the Infinity Saga. You know what? Here, here's the thought that came to my mind, too, in, in thinking about, like, Ms. Marvel on Disney+, Plus, WandaVision on Disney+, Plus, and stuff like that. Take a show that I really didn't like. Um, which was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? I didn't like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., even though I really like some of the individuals involved with it. But here's one thing they did right with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If you watch the show, all the movies and all the things that happened in the movies would influence the show, and you felt kind of at home watching the show because it felt, the show felt like it was a part of the MCU, even though it really wasn't, but they made that show feel like a part of the MCU. However, never did they make watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. at all important for watching a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. There was no MCU movie that came out that went, well, you know, you had to have watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be able to fully get what's going on in this Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. No, that was never part of it. It's like you could watch the show and feel that it's in the MCU, but it never influenced the movie side of the MCU. I think that should have been their approach with their Disney Plus shows with the Marvel. It's like, hey, yeah, if you know the events of what's going on in the movies, then there'll be an added richness to watching the shows. But you don't have to watch the shows in in order to be able to go and appreciate the movies. And that's one of the things that I thought they did right right with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I I totally agree with you. And I would say this. I mean— Rightly or wrongly, a movie, especially a billion dollar grossing franchise film like Captain Marvel, has more gravitas, has more credibility than a TV show does. I don't think television and movies are necessarily interchangeable. And and while I liked we both love Miss Marvel a lot and I really liked uh, the character of Monica Rambeau, but she hasn't neither one of those characters have earned their way onto the big screen. They're just not big screen characters. They're TV characters. And it's not like the X-Files movie that was five seasons in before they made the jump to TV. 
You know, this is, these are characters. And so I really feel they undercut the value of Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel deserved her empire strikes back or deserved her road warrior or deserved her Godfather too. She didn't deserve to be paired up with two TV characters because what it did was diminish all three of them by doing that. Yeah. What do you think about my other, my other assumption here that, you know, I think part of the result here is the fact that Marvel has just been subpar lately. Like the well, stuff they put out and now I'll do respect to Loki season two, which I thought was quite good, but it turns out the ratings weren't fantastic for it. But, you know, every time they put out a secret invasion or a She-Hulk or an Ant-Man, the Wasp, Quantumania or, or, or the glut of a lot of the other stuff that we've got, that every time something comes out that fails to really impress the enthusiasm level of the average moviegoer, I think, drops for what could be the next thing. Do you agree with that? Have you seen that? Do you not think that? How do you see I, no, it? I, dude, I totally think that that's the case. And part of the reason is that you don't really feel that there's any stakes to these movies anymore. Like, I, there's no consequences. And if there's no consequences, you know, we, we were waiting with bated breath to see what happens. Like, at the end of Winter Soldier... Hail Hydra, you're, Captain America is essentially a disenfranchised man. Everything that he stood for was proven to be a lie. And when you're at the end of Winter Soldier and after that, that great adventure has happened, then you're still going, well, what's he going to do now? You know, and then when you lead into, say, Civil War, there's all these questions that you want answered about where Steve Rogers is going to be at. How's he going to deal with Tony Stark? I mean, you, you're going into those movies with bated breath, wanting to see this tale that's going to unfold in front of you. When I Captain Marvel, I'm like, I don't know what's going to go on in the Marvels. Am I that interested in it? I mean, I'm watching it, but tell me, I felt like the story itself had no urgency to it. I mean, it did eventually as you're watching it. There's a villain who's going to do bad things. But what does that have to do with anything that's come before? And what does that have to do? Could Captain Marvel, could they have, without her in that movie, they could have still told that story and maybe a, a team up between Monica Rambeau and Miss Marvel, they could have defeated that villain. Who, who knows? But what are the larger ramifications to both Captain Marvel and to the MCU because of that movie? Are there any? No. Except for Hank McCoy showing up? The answer to that question is no. <laughs> and thus, the state that the MCU is in right now is really uh, still recoverable. I, I think they can still recover, but uh, I mean, they haven't done anything to recover yet. And maybe this break where they're only going to have one movie come out in 2024, which is one that everybody's excited about, Deadpool 3, maybe this will help them kind of recalibrate. Anyway, we could talk about this topic for a long time, but we got to move on. And yes. we're going to move on with this mm -hmm. to something Ray's been excited about talking about. <laughs> The CCXP, the Brazilian Comic-Con, for, for lack of a better term, has been growing leaps and bounds every year. I actually really wanted to go this year, and I totally forgot that it was coming up. Otherwise, I think I might have gone down to Brazil for this thing. But all weekend, huge things have been coming out. And we're going to talk about the Godzilla Kong one in just a second. But a lot of series decided to drop the first look at their either first season or new seasons Coming out, high-profile stuff like The Boys, Halo, Fallout, House of the Dragon. Mm -hmm. All these shows put out new trailers, some of them their first trailers. And I got to tell you right now, I loved every single one of them. <laughs> the House of the Dragon one, 
Wow. Triple D, baby. There is nothing so hateful to the gods than a war monk's kin. A son for a son. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the boys. Democracy fails because people are fucking idiots. It's like that's such a boys and yet a truism to say, fallout. I've lived a comfortable life. You know, and all even, you know what? I don't care. I know there's a lot of hate out there for the Halo series. <laughs> I know that. I'm not a huge Halo guy. I didn't love the first season. I liked it. I did. And I thought this trailer, every Marine who stands with me now is going to die. But every moment that we hold off the enemy means more people escape and survive. I'm like, grr, yeah. <laughs> grr. I, man, I, I loved every single one of these trailers. You know, two of these trailers, I've never seen, I've never played Fallout. I haven't seen that episode of The Boys. And I'm so interested in these two shows that it shows you how good these trailers was. But House of the Dragon Woo. has to be. The top. Well, Triple. no, no, no. We're, we're not ranking them yet. We're, we're, we're going to rank them. Yeah, we ain't ranking uh, nothing. Okay, we're, okay. We're, we haven't gotten to that part yet. This is just slow your roll. Reel it in. I know the excitement is tangible. My prince. <laughs> my prince. My king. You got Matt Smith in there swinging yeah. swords. Um, so let's let's then do that. Let's take a look and, and say, I, first of all, I think, am I, am, am I good in saying that we really, really liked all these trailers? Yes. I think yes. so. Shocked. I, I, I don't think there is a weak link in that chain. I thought they all look... I mean, the shows may turn out bad. I mean, Halo Season 2 might be bad, whatever. But the trailer, I thought, was really great. All right. Here's how I'm going to rank these four myself. Uh, at the bottom, even though I just said how much grr it gave yeah. me, I'll, I'll put the Halo one. Same with me. Down the, again, I thought it was great. I just think the other ones were great-ter. But it's still, I loved what I saw... I like the close-up grim face of Master Chief. Yes, I don't mind that we see his face. <laughs> Go cry in a corner somewhere. I'm sick of hearing you're crying. <laughs> but like that whole, again, that whole speech about, hey, if you come with me, you, we're going to die. We're just, you know, we're going to die. There's, there's no hope. We're going to die. But every moment that we delay the enemy, more people survive. I'm like, oh, God, this is good. Okay, so I love it. So I'm going to put that at the bottom. I'm going to put it at the bottom. Uh, next one up is Fallout. I'm like you, Ray. I've never played the game. So I have no expectations. The job of a trailer is to take your expectations wherever they are and bump it up. And I am legit excited to see this show, man. This trailer sold me on it. I mean, we saw some images that I thought looked really good last week, but I thought the trailer killed it. I, I know nothing about this world, a little bit, but not a lot. And I am I cannot wait. When to say it starts? February? Uh, I thought it was April. Let me Maybe look April. Up. I don't know. Whenever it is. It can't get here soon. It can't get here soon enough. Whatever date it was, I can't get here soon enough. In the number two spot. Yeah, April. April. In the number two spot is one of my absolute favorite shows on television, the trailer for the next season of The Boys. Oh, my God. This is it. They are taking everything that they have been building in this series, not just on the individual characters level, but where their society in The Boys has been evolving when it comes to soups. And the breakdowns and all that kind of stuff. There's a lot of political messaging in the boys. There always has been. Yes, I understand that. But 
this whole thing with Homelander now, ultimately, he's hatching his plan. Really what his big goal, what his, if you'll pardon the, the use of the phrase, his end game. It's starting to come out. We got new soups coming out, which, you know, the uh, the creator of the show said, oh, yeah, these two new soups. Oh, my God, you're going to hate them so much, but you're going to love them. Um, which what is he trying to do? What is Homelander trying to do for someone? Oh, he's, basically, he's going to take over the world. He's, he's going to take the president. He's, he's planning on taking the presidency. Oh, okay. Right? But at, at any rate, and having watched Gen V mm, just builds up my anticipation for this a lot. I thought the trailer looked awesome. Cannot wait for it. But I think the best trailer we saw was House of the Dragon. <laughs> Again, I mean, that last shot, first of all, that whole line about nothing's more hateful to gods than war among kings and no war is more bloody than a war of dragons. And then to end the trailer, first of all, that that is a, the phrase my wife likes to use, that is a boss bitch right there. She, the woman who was supposed to be queen, that she has become one of my favorite characters in all of television, the end of her arc in season one, when she like <laughs> fucking comes into the throne room riding a dragon, make everybody shit their pants. Oh, she's a boss. Anyway, the dragon baby. Oh, triple D. The, that last, yeah, what is that triple D? It's dragons, drama, and dick. Yeah. And don't forget feet. <laughs> and feet. And feet. Triple D. Then you diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yeah. Of Max. <laughs> That's what it is, right? Game of Thrones. Dragons, drama, and dick. Either one. Either one. It'll... Never mind. Okay. No, it's okay, apropos. but I do want to throw this too. That last shot of the big-ass dragon flying over everybody. That Everybody looked up. It's like, oh, my God. In a world where they're kind of used to seeing dragons, but they see this one, and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Um, I cannot wait. I'm so happy they were able during the actor strike to continue shooting the show and finish it. The production's all done. Um, I cannot wait for this. So I, again, mine at the bottom, again, I loved all the trailers at the bottom is halo for me. Next up is uh fallout. Next up is the boys. And at the top, I'm going to put house, the dragon, Rob, how would you, what do you think about all trailers and how would you rank them out of the ones we saw? I'm with your ranking, but I would say this, I, I uh, Halo, yes, was at the bottom, but Fallout really surprised me. So good. And, and it's Jonathan Nolan mm -hmm. and, you know, I have never played the game either, but I went and read up on the game after seeing the trailer. So I know kind of what it's about and it looks the tone of it, the design of it. I was like, wow, that was it was not really on my radar, but now it is. And if we're going to get a Last of Us quality level adaptation out of the Fallout series, bring it on. But I'll say House of the Dragon because that's the thing I wanted to see most is number one. Same is true of the boys is number at number two. But I've got to put um, I'm not including. Are we including Kong in this? We're just talking TV, no, no, right? No, 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 because these are TV series versus yeah. uh, the movie yeah. trailer. So, yeah. so I'm going House of the Dragon because that's the thing I'm most interested in. The Boys because that's the second thing I'm most interested in. But Fallout is definitely at three, but only because I'm already anticipating House of the Dragon and The Boys because I know what I'm getting and I love those shows. But Fallout, I got to give it up because yeah. I was not that interested until I saw that trailer. Then I'm like, sign me up. Yeah, bring it on. Of course, and I'm glad you brought it up because I should have mentioned that. Jonathan Nolan, of course, is his involvement in this. Yeah. And Ray, 
You've, you uh, got very excited by these shirts. How would you rank them? It's just Halo, then the boys. Only because I haven't seen uh, wait, the boys. Starting at the top um, or the bottom? Yeah, yeah, the bottom. Okay. Halo, the boys. And I keep going back and forth with House of the Dragon and Fallout. Just because Fallout, I know nothing about. But I am so interested in what is going on. Just the armor, the looks of the armor. It's just, it just looks like my thing right there. I'm surprised I've never played any of the games. But... Is this not the actor from Lost? Yes. I, at least I believe it is. Yeah. And and the guy from Severance is in there. The guy that was holding the buttons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What was his name? Yeah, but he was holding the buttons. It was good to see him in there. If this is a sign, let's say if it's good, it, it, then we could expect some good things for God of War, the series coming out on Amazon, well, hopefully. too. Hopefully. What I, hopefully. What I've learned, what I've learned, because I used to think that way, but what I've learned is one thing being good or bad does not necessarily mean another thing is going to be good or bad. <laughs> and, we, and we remember Rings of Power, right? Yeah, <laughs> we remember uh, Rings of Power. A show that I still didn't think was bad, it just didn't live up anywhere near my expectations. Yeah, Jonathan, how would you rank yeah. oh, the, 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 those four trailers? Yeah, so again, Halo's at the bottom. Uh, then it's The Boys. Then it's Fallout, which you would think Fallout, actually, I, I'm probably the most hyped for because, man, this is game accurate. And the tone of the game is in this. I, I didn't get grab it. That that shot with dog meat, that's the German Shepherd holding the hand in <laughs> the mouth. <laughs> oh, it, it's just, it's, what a, it's good boy. a great tone. But I've invested so many years into Game of Thrones and House of the Dragon now that that is my top. So it's House of the Dragon, Fallout, uh, The Boys, Halo. Okay, mm. so all of us have House of the Dragon at the top and all of us have Halo at the bottom. Yeah. Just uh, switch back and forth with The Boys yeah. and Fallout. Guys... Which one is your favorite? Which one? Look, are there any of them that you didn't like? I gotta say straight up, I I liked a lot, all of them. I, I thought all of them were great. Uh, got my preferences. How did you guys see it? Jump on into the comments section and let us know. All right, that down, guys. Let's talk about this. There was another trailer that came out during Brazil, and it was Godzilla X Con Konga with a G. Not X-Con. Not Godzilla's coming out as Prison Mike. Godzilla's Prison Mike getting out of jail. Now I want that graphic. I want Godzilla's Prison Mike. baby. But Godzilla X-Con. I still don't know what the X is supposed to stand for. Is that, is that like the like and N? Kong? XOXO. They love each other. <laughs> Godzilla no XOXO Con. <laughs> so uh, this trailer came out, and I, I didn't know what to expect from it. I got to tell you, I really liked it. <laughs> I really liked it. The, the one thing that that kind of was... Electrozilla. Off to me the first time I watched... Because I watched the trailer about five times. The one thing that was really off to me was I was not digging Godzilla's new color scheme. That sucks. That's the only part I liked. Um, I, like I did not like the new color scheme. It's his glow up, baby. I did not like the... Per, what do you call that? Magenta? You see him shining. Gem. gem in the hologram. Yeah, I, I didn't dig it. Now, as I watched it more and I realized, oh, because he was absorbing the radiation out of those crystals that were the same color, okay, then it made sense to me, so it doesn't bother me as much. I still really prefer that blue, yeah, nuclear breath color personally, but I, I get it. It seems to make sense. That, that's fine. Um, I love the idea of... What do they call him? Scar King? I, I love the idea that there's this apex titan that neither Kong nor Godzilla can deal with. 
that this is the dude that was going off and killing the Kongs. That this is the top of the food chain predator. Um, that if Ghidorah showed back up, ass whooped. Straight up ass whooped from Scar King. He's freaking wearing a Kong spinal column across his chest. Now, uh, one of the things that I that I wasn't sure I liked either was like when he was when Kong was coming out of the ground, he's got that mechanical thing on his arm. Then I heard one person online mention this, and it made sense. Is that that's listen, if Kong broke his arm and they were trying to help him, that's what his cast would look like. That's what his brace would Aww, look like. That's a cast. It would, it would so, look like Bumblebee. Aww. Yeah, like so it, even the color scheme kind of looks Transformers like, right? But if it's like that's their version of a bracer, I'm like, you know what? That would make sense. Like if yeah. Kong got into an initial scrap with Scar King and then got away and they had to heal him up, something like that on them. I'll tell you the other thing before I get into the stuff that I really like. The other <clears throat> thing that did not work for me so well in this trailer was Usain Bolt Godzilla. Godzilla <laughs> popping out of the ground and... Uh, when yeah. the hell have we ever seen Godzilla do this? I, it was, I, I told Ray, I'm like, what is this? The Avengers? Is this uh, Infinity War? They're just like, dun, dun, dun. Sprinting Godzilla. Oh my God, he's a little so big corny. to sprint that fast. <laughs> yeah. The physics don't really work there. Now, granted, he's got big, powerful legs. He's still cute. Sure. He, yeah. Okay, sure. I just, I am not accustomed to seeing Godzilla running the 100 meter dash. Yeah. I, I'm just not. Whatever. Okay. And I, so. know, and I know it's different, but we just came off seeing minus one, right? So it's like, I can't get that what we saw in minus one out of my head yet. So maybe I need to rewatch this trailer, give it a few days, you know, just because I, everything's comparing in my head to minus one. I know they're different Godzilla's. I know it's different companies. I know this and that, but it's just hard for me because I love minus one so much. Yeah, but that, true. But also remember this, like with minus one, which I loved. Godzilla doesn't do anything. Like Godzilla literally just has to come out of the water, just stand there and <laughs> blow everything up yes. and bite a boat. Like there's, there's nothing that can fight him. Like he's just there. I'm a destructive force of nature. And Hey, I wouldn't have had it any other way. I love the movie, but he's going, you're going to have to make him come across differently in something where he right. literally has a Titan facing off across from him. Right. Um, so I, whatever. Now, what was that comment you just brought up? One of the things says he breathes nuclear fire. Nobody bats an eye. Yeah. He jogs and people lose. Eye. That's because we have seen him breathe his nuclear fire. Joker reference. I don't ever recall seeing him sprinty sprinty. I, I've, I've just never recalled seeing him do that. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was just to. the tone that it felt like it was the Yeah, Avengers. he's never had, yeah. He's, he's never, never had to run to. from anybody yeah. or run to anybody. So maybe he's in love. So <laughs> maybe he's about to do that whole dirty dancing, jump into somebody's arms. But Well, now I want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about this movie. I don't care about any of that. Okay, all that stuff did bother me. Yep. I... I still found myself getting really revved to see Godzilla and Kong on screen time. again. This is going to be a good time. I, the, the fact that you see this, they go back to the, what do they call the the hollow earth? They go back down into the hollow earth um, to see that. I, I think maybe it was a flashback when you see that cavern, you see all the Kongs. I think that was probably a flashback to before right. Scar King murdered all of them and took them all out. 
Um, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. It makes sense that there might be a human civilization down there. Again, there we see those, the, the, the magenta crystals, whether it's purple, pink, whatever, <laughs> whatever, that's probably going to be a part of Godzilla's source of power. Um, I, I just think the way they're expanding this world and the way they're expanding the whole idea of hollow earth, I think looks very exciting. This still doesn't sit with me well that color scheme i'll Come get on, over farbenzilla it. i'll get over it oh my i but, hope kong gets his his in this movie i mean I, I i like godzilla more than kong but i i'm getting tired of him getting his butt whooped i i want to see him rise as you know to the top of the mountain again. hey hey look i don't care what he says kong and godzilla were one and one yeah. in godzilla versus kong yeah. and ultimately it was kong <laughs> yeah. that took out mecha godzilla like, and Kong is still walking around with Stormbreaker. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, in this movie, which is kind of... Which so he so, took over the blue. It's probably still blue, too. It's probably still blue. So, I mean, I don't know. But anyway, at the end of the day, I got really jazzed. There were a couple things in there that I didn't like. But you know what? I even got... Um, so I heard a con, another commentator say, with Diddy Kong running around in there... Diddy Kong. That... This one person, I can't remember who it was online, that says, I don't think it's a coincidence that little Diddy Kong there has the same color scheme as Scar King. Yeah, I thought that that was yeah, him. I think that's either either that, well, it can't be Scar King because Scar King predates Kong. Right. But that might be Scar King's clan, Scar King's offspring. I, I don't know, but it's basically Diddy Kong, Godzuki, whatever you want to call this little thing. Uh, I think it's actually going to be like, I understand how some people see that in a trailer and we're like, eh, I don't want to see a little baby monkey, but I have a feeling it's going to play really cool in the movie. Yeah. So I, I really liked it despite some of my misgivings. Rob, you had a chance to see the trailer for Godzilla X Kong. You and I haven't talked about it yet, but no, what did you like? What didn't you like? What did you think about it? Well, I mean, first of all, it looks a lot of fun. I mean, honestly, I love the monster fights in the original Godzilla versus Kong all the like going from Florida to the other side of the world in some underground subway system that apparently exists in this <laughs> universe. I mean, I'm like, okay, you know, it, it, to, to, to ask for a little bit more verisimilitude in a movie like this is probably silly. This movie is all over the place. Bonkers. At least it looks to be that way. And I'm watching this. I'm not going to lie, John. I had a big smile on my face watching this trailer <laughs> and uh, you know, they had, they had everything you want. And then when baby Kong shows up, you know, it's just, I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking at this going, what, what don't they have in this movie? And uh, I hope it all holds together, but I'll tell you one thing, color me stoked, whether I'm pink or blue, I don't care. I'm there for it. Whatever energy crystals I'm going to absorb when I'm watching this movie, bring them on. <laughs> because, uh, how I, you know, I watch this as a middle-aged man with one foot in the grave. When I see something like this and it puts a big smile on my face, I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, come on. I've been watching kaiju movies literally my whole life. Let me ask you, because you're you're more well-versed in the Godzilla movies and, and Pantheon than I am. Have we ever seen Godzilla run like that? Can you recall off the top of your head? No. And, and it's so weird to criticize this, but Godzilla, it, it Godzilla's like 300 feet tall. He's huge. <laughs> and when you're when you're looking at him run that fast, it sort of betrays the scope and scale of yeah. what we should see, especially like Ray had pointed out, coming off of uh, Godzilla minus one, they really did a good job of conveying the scope and the scale 
of Godzilla in that movie. And this, when Godzilla is running his Usain Bolt, like you said, mm-hmm. uh, it's a little like, come on. Because <laughs> to Ray's point, coming out of Godzilla minus one, where, and, and granted, look, as much as we love Godzilla minus one, some of the CGI was kind yeah. of sus. But like, we, we just saw Godzilla, boom. It was like robotic. Boom. Yeah, like a toy. Boom. And then all of a sudden to watch, I just like had that, cocaine. And just like that would, would shift the axis of the earth. I mean. yeah, it's caused tremors. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, there, I'm, man. I'm, I'm still there. pretty excited. I'm down for this movie. Yep. I, can't, I cannot wait because, you know, I had a lot of, I had a million, I had a long laundry list of problems that I had with Godzilla versus Kong. And yet, despite this long laundry list of all the problems I had with it, I had a great time watching it. it. And yeah. I'm thinking I'm going to get the same out of this one. Here's hoping. All right. Guys, with that down, let's now move on and start taking your questions you guys have been sending in. But before we do, we're going to take a quick second here and thank another sponsor of today's episode of The John Campus Show. The main sponsor of The John Campus Show, our friends, my mobile service provider, and they should be yours, Mint Mobile. Guys, we want to take a moment and thank a sponsor of today's video, Mint Mobile. Give yourself the gift of insane savings this holiday season with Mint Mobile's best wireless deal of the year. Right now, when you switch to Mint Mobile and buy any three-month plan, you'll get another three months for free. That's six months of premium wireless service for the price of three. And Mint Mobile lets you order and activate from home while saving tons on phone plans starting at just $15 a month. Seriously, I can't think of a better gift than turning an overpriced wireless bill into just $15 a month with Mint Mobile. I've told you guys many times since switching to Mint Mobile, I am spending less than a third on my mobile service plan with Mint than I was on the previous big carrier who was my provider. By going online only and eliminating the traditional cost of retail, Mint Mobile passes the significant savings on to you. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and switch easily and effortlessly with eSIM. So again, for a limited time, buy any three-month Mint Mobile plan and get three more months free by going to mintmobile.com slash campia. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash campia. And thank you to our friends at Mint Mobile for sponsoring today's episode of the John Campia Show podcast. All right, guys, that down. Let's get over to your questions here, shall we? Jonathan, what we got up first? AL says, John, I know you didn't like Dream Scenario, but you forgot to give your thoughts on Silent Night. Which was better? Yeah, I did not like Dream Scenario. I was super excited for that movie. I understood all the, the messages it had and what it was trying to convey. I just thought it was a painfully dull movie. But take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. Last I checked, it has a 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. So you may very well enjoy it, and I hope that you do. Um, I was just really disappointed. Silent Night? It was a fun little film. I mean, first of all, I knew Joel didn't speak in it. I didn't realize the movie itself had no dialogue. At, at all? Oh. No. There's no dialogue. <laughs> like, you hear some people talking on a, on a radio in the background, or somebody will utter, oh. like, one word and say, why, yeah. or, or something. But for all intents and purposes, there's no dialogue in the movie. That presents certain challenges and problems. Like, it means certain things are going to happen that should have had some dialogue to set it up and make us understand it. But since John Woo didn't want to use dialogue, but I'll tell you what, as a creative exercise, I, I thought Joel, first of all, uh, Joel, uh, what's his last Kinnaman. name? Kinnaman. 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 Might, it might name. be the best performance he's ever given. Wow. Um, and a lot of the action is very cool. It's not just a nonstop 
shoot 'em up kind of violence fest. The first half of the movie is just really all setting up where he's at emotionally and what's driving him to this. Mm. And yeah, did it have its weaknesses? Yes. Did I love the film? No, but but I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really cool, very original uh, kind of revenge flick that had some weaknesses, absolutely, but I, I liked it. All right, what's next? Matt says, just wanted to write in that I saw Saltburn over the weekend. Such a freaking crazy movie. Felt almost Shakespearean, like you can... Uh, the director actually cared about the movie. Uh, go and see it, John. I mean, yeah, listen, there's been a lot of different feedback coming back from Saltburn. It seems like one of those very artistically polarizing films. Some people are watching it and saying, I, I, I think you got to smoke something before seeing it. Some people are thinking it's absolutely brilliant. It's high on my list. Again, I I had three other movies I also had to see this weekend, and I just haven't gotten around to Saltburn yet, but I, I will get to it. All right, what's next? We got Christopher Benson who says, uh, could Deadpool 3 some release a teaser trailer for Valentine's Day to commemorate the bromance between Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds? I, I don't see. I, I mean, they could release one in February because then you're March, April, May, June, July. You're only you're five months away from the movie coming out. It, it's theoretically possible, but I, I don't see any kind of Valentine's connection to that. All right, what's next? Murray Reich says, I saw American Fiction and I thought it was very good. Great social commentary. Jeffrey Wright was thumbs up. Uh, only thing I would have less of is the personal family drama uh, and more of the subject matter, though the crowd I was in were laughing. Uh, by the way, Murray sent in like a $20 super oh, yeah. chat. Thank, Thank you, Murray, for supporting us on that level, man. Appreciate that. I, I am losing my mind with how excited I am to see this movie. I cannot <laughs> wait to watch American Fiction. It is one of the best trailers of the year. We just spend a lot of time speaking about a whole bunch of trailers, but I'll tell you what, that American Fiction trailer is like one of the best. And I'm I'm hearing Jeffrey Wright may get some Oscar buzz Good. for his performance of this. Rob, you, you've seen the trailer for American Fiction. Is this one you're oh, looking dude. forward to? It looks so good. It, and it looks like just the kind of satire we need today. Um, and, and Jeffrey Wright looks fantastic. I just, everything about the trailer appealed to me. I can't wait to see it. I love that one line. The dumber I act, the richer I get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so good. All right. What's next? King Daddy Goat says, anyone uh, catch Niners Eagles game 34-24? I was off. Oh, yeah. That was an ass whooping. Uh, that the, the, the Niners are a problem for everybody this year. I mean, that that three-game skid that they took is was some kind of weird twist in the space-time continuum. This is a dangerous team. And as long as they've got Christian McCaffrey, the ultimate cheat code in sports, uh, I think they have to be considered Super Bowl favorites at this point. Anyway, all right, what's next? Uh, Raymond Verratta says, Barbie version of Godzilla, pink spikes, pink flame. <laughs> I... I, my mind didn't go there. I, and I just got, I've just become so accustomed to seeing the blue. That's all. I'm just so used to that. All right. What's next? Uh, Raymond is also says, uh, while walking past AMC, I saw a lot of the Bayhive. I don't know what Beyonce. that means. Oh, yeah. Interesting thing. Um, so the Beyonce film took number one spot at the box office this weekend. I think it made $21 million. But to put that in comparison... <laughs> the Taylor Swift concert movie made over $90 million in its opening weekend. Um, again, so like a lot of people, when the when the Taylor Swift thing came out, say like, well, they can do this with others and it'll be just as successful. I said, I don't think there is any other Taylor Swift right now. 
I just don't think there is. And I said, if anybody's going to be close, it's going to be Beyonce. And then, of course, later they announced a Beyonce one. And it, it took number one, made $20 million opening weekend. Awesome. But again, I mean, that's that's less than a quarter of what the Taylor Swift one made. Which I, I just think it's a really interesting thing. Again, I think Beyonce is by far the better artist. But Taylor, like her level of popularity, global popularity right now is just crazy. All right, what's next? Mr. Godzilla says, it's a great time to be a Godzilla fan. Minus one, Monarch, and now uh, GXK. Uh, uh, what other classic Godzilla monsters do you guys want or hope to see in the MonsterVerse? I personally want to see Destroya. I mean, by the way, we're overlooking Monarch. Oh, my God. I, I'm loving this show. Oh, yeah. I just watched the last episode you of it. it. You liked it? it oh, was, I loved the it latest was a filler episode. from all of them so far. Oh, I didn't think so. I think they explained a lot. I think... I think we got more depth to a lot of the characters and what's going on. We got more understanding about like how they track certain. I I thought a lot got accomplished in this episode personally, but you're right. Right now is a really good time. It's it's Godzilla's world, man. Godzilla and Taylor Swift. Right now they kind of rule the world. <laughs> they should uh, team I, up. I, I absolutely. Have, have they you should been, team have, up. Have them running. How have you been liking the uh, uh, the uh, Monarch series? I, Sorry, I've been loving. I've been loving it because it's first of all, it's beautifully made. It's, it's this globe trotting world building extravaganza. Kurt Russell's one of my favorite actors. I think what they're doing with him and, and why it is really interesting. And I do like the other characters and I do like the mystery and covering in, in going into the, what is Monarch? Where did it come from? What are they after? I think it's really intriguing and it's beautifully made. All you right. Know? What's next? Connor Mullis says, a longtime fan since the war AMC days. Thank you, Connor. Um, much love from uh, Dyersville, Iowa, where we have the Field of Dreams. Oh, nice. Uh, if you build it, they will come. So Dude. is that where MLB did those games? Um, oh, yeah. I think they actually went there and, and did Costner. a game. Yeah. I'll tell you what. That movie, even though I've got a soft spot for just sports movies in general, that's a great movie. I love that movie. Oh, it is. I adore Like, that I'm not a huge baseball fan. I'll be honest. I don't even consider baseball to be a real sport. That's cool. Uh, but, <laughs> but. Wow, Jonathan. In, Sorry, in the, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> In the pantheon of sports movies, I think Field of Dreams and The Sandlot are like two of the best. Like, and, you know, even though I'm not a huge appreciator of baseball, when you get, like, for instance, James Earl Jones in The Sandlot, like, talking about baseball. Or Field of Dreams, when they talk about, like, how, that, as a game, it's just a part of the fabric of the American experience for, for several generations. It's moving, and it's beautiful, and I love those movies. Ray I think Yoda, baby. Oh, oh. All right, what's next? <laughs> All right, uh, Damaris Love says, next week is the premiere of Yu Yu Hakasho, do you think the show will do one piece numbers or fall flat? I've oh, never twenty dollars. Uh, Wait, is there? Is oh, twenty dollars. Thank you so much, Demaris. But I gotta be honest with you, man. I've never even heard of it. Is there a you on Netflix? Okay. I don't even. I don't, I have no what idea it, what right? that you even know? is. It's a it's an anime, but yeah. I, I are, are they they're doing a live action? Oh yeah, there is. Yeah, I, well, there we go. I so I I can't answer that question since I've never even heard of it. So unfortunately, I can't. But Ray seems to have heard of it. I've heard of it. <laughs> Can it do One Piece numbers? I have a hard time imagining. I feel like One Piece has oh, a bigger audience. Because even as somebody who doesn't watch any of that stuff, even I knew what One Piece was. There's a person yeah. in our right? lot. That I've has never a heard of this One Piece sticker on their car. I've never seen that before. Oh really? Yeah. 
There you yeah, go. So, so I no, I doubt it'll do One Piece numbers because again, even as a total layman, I knew about One Piece. It's cool to see uh, Netflix I've never taking on these live action adaptations. Though. Well, they're a lot all going to be looking for subject matter to make content with. All right? lead to One Punch Man, baby. Come on. <laughs> didn't we do a story a few months ago about them ago looking about Ryan doing a One Reynolds. Punch Man? Yes, I think else. we did. Yeah, we did. We actually did a brief interview with Ray about One Punch Man years ago. Well, that's right. I remember that. One Punch Man. It was <laughs> iconic. You guys just said sit on the chair and just start start talking about One Punch Man. I didn't know you guys were recording. It may have been right. test footage, but. Man. All right, what's next? Dwayne uh, Cinema says both the boys and Godzilla X Kong trailers had me the most excited, hands down. The boys, who the hell came up with that yet? Oh, yeah. Was, oh, and by the way, I mean, having. Um, Damn it! What's the comedian's actor's name again? The guy who plays uh, John Winchester in Supernatural. Uh, oh, I don't know what his name is. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, he's from. Uh, isn't he Jeffrey from, Dean Morgan? Yeah, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Oh right! Oh right! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, the comedian. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's all, yeah when you said yeah, comedian, I was thinking a comedian. I was thinking really? of a comedian too. So yet again, like you guys, of course, Eric Kripke, who ran Supernatural, is running. The Boys. Yeah. And The Boys has been one big long succession of supernatural actors coming in. And this is just the latest one. Uh, <laughs> but I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And uh, I'm very excited that he's joining the show, my friend. All right. What's next? All right. Benjamin Dowell says, Hey, John, did you see the trailers for ISS? The new space thriller with Ariana DeBose looks incredible. The concept yeah. of this, I saw it during uh, which movie did I see? I saw it during. Um, Godzilla. You know what? I, I realized I missed it during Godzilla. Yeah. I came in after oh. it, but I saw it during the trailers for Silent Night. Ah. Uh. And what a great concept. American and Russian astronauts living on the International Space Station, the ISS, and they have great relationship, great friendship, and then as they're looking out the window down on Earth one day, they see nuclear bombs going off. Ooh. Yeah, And they find out that Russia and America just gone to war and each side gets communiques from their government to take out the other astronauts. What a great premise. Um, it is a fantastic trailer and I cannot wait to see that movie, man. Cannot wait. All right, what's next? King Tut. So I got Steve Martin stuck in my head now. Uh, <laughs> says, do you think Sony is putting out movies with characters who are involved in Secret Wars so they can evolve with in, be involved in the project? I don't think so. I don't feel like Although I wouldn't take that option off the table. I wouldn't say that's an impossibility at all. I'm I'm totally open to that and it could be a possibility. If I had to put 20 bucks on it though, I would say no. It'll probably be more towards Spider-Man 4, right? I don't even think it'd be involved in Spider-Man 4. Mm. I I I think they've got a plan for something that involves the Sony-verse moving down, but I I don't think we're going to see them in that. But again, I I'm not saying it's impossible. I think it is a distinct possibility. All right, what's next? Seconds from Disaster says, uh, two-parter, with Godzilla, one having subtitles, what's your preferred way to see a foreign film? I'd rather hear the original language and read subtitles uh, other than dubs so I can get a feel for the original actor's emotion. Um, over dubs never feel authentic enough for me. They both, I've heard so many people that like will die by their opinion as dubbing better or subtitled better. Both have their disadvantages, all right? The disadvantage of, of uh, dubs is that you're not getting the performance of the actor, right? Right. Even if they're speaking in a foreign language, like you're suggesting here, 
<clears throat> the inflections in their voice, how they put the emotion into the voice, all that kind of stuff is something that you will miss out on. And instead, you're going to hear the interpretation of another actor in a sound booth somewhere who's not on set, kind of just reading out the lines. And that is something that you miss out on. With subtitles, the drawback is while the cinematographer and the directors are setting up these incredible shots and you know, movies are a visual medium, the reality is as dialogue is going on, which is most of the movie, your eyes have to divert away from the mm -hmm. overall image and have to go down to the bottom part of the screen to read text. And the drawback of that is you're missing the facial expression. You're missing some of the performance of it and your eyes are being taken off of the main thing. So I think both have their drawbacks. If I was going into a foreign film and I had my choice, go to the dubbed one or go to the subtitle one, I'll lean towards the subtitle one myself. Unless it's a kung fu movie. Then I want to hear the cheesy dub. <laughs> but aside from that, I, I think even though both have their drawbacks, I would go with subtitle. Rob, what about you? Dub or subtitle? I, I always go with subtitles. I can't, I can't um I can't deal with dubbing because it never matches the face and the emotion of the person that's on screen. They, it's very difficult to get a great yeah. live action dub. The only movie that I make an exception for when it comes to foreign films is Shogun Assassin. You have to watch the dub version. <laughs> I mean, with animation, like Miyazaki stuff, it's great dubs because it's animation. Yeah, I get, yeah, I yeah. get it with live action. Well, because <clears throat> it, with animation, you, you there is already a disconnect yep. between the performer's face, which isn't actually on screen, and the voice. So that there's a yeah, I agree with you. When it comes to animation, I'll probably take the dub because it'll be just as pure as the original one anyway. Because the original one is just an actor in a sound booth doing it anyway. But for live action, I I'll prefer subtitled. Yeah. All right, what's next? Devin Lita says, uh, "Wow, I'm out of focus." Uh, as rich uh, of as rich of review tech review USA tech puts USA. it, uh, let's pirate since companies steal from us. Bring on the filthy Robert Burnett is a man. He is a man. Look at him. Um, I am a man. As long <laughs> as content has been around, fans have tried to justify stealing. Um, now look, I, I, I completely agree. What's happening here? with Discovery and PlayStation. But come on, don't look at me. Don't tell me you had seven seasons of home, home Reno season five. Don't tell me you did. You didn't. They didn't take anything from you. So don't pretend that they did. But I 100% agree this is a problem, and I think there should be some solutions put into place to take care of it. However, how does that justify you stealing content from Paramount? that had nothing to do with Discovery and PlayStation? How does that justify you stealing from a Universal film that had nothing to do with Discovery and PlayStation? It doesn't. People always try to find ways to justify theft and justify stealing content, but I I'm sorry. And listen, maybe I'm a little bit more attached to this issue because I, and Rob, you did too, I personally saw firsthand how... Thieves online, people stealing content directly impacted and hurt somebody I knew. Yes. Um, you guys fucking devastated John Schnepp. Those of you who stole his content, you devastated him. Um, it, it not only financially devastated him, it emotionally devastated him because nobody yeah, really was a did. bigger proponent and hero of the fan community than John Schnepp was. Never will be again. 
And I don't think he ever made a video about it, Rob, but we saw personally talking with him. People always think just stealing a digital copy is, is it's a victimless crime. doesn't hurt anybody. It fucking hurt him. It hurt him a lot and it, it crippled him financially. And it is just, it was awful to see. So no, there is no justifying that. I don't know, Rob, how, how would you respond to that? Well, I mean, you know, stealing content is stealing content. And in the case of John Schnepp and in the case of a lot of independent filmmakers, whether you're making low budget horror or any kind of genre film, you know, he had money that people gave to him that invested in his project. And the only way he can pay his investors back is if the finished film gets sold to the people that want it. And I mean, I remember him telling me that there was like a million illegal downloads of that movie. Yeah. A million, which cost John, I mean, a million, $20 million. Now he knew he wasn't going to make that much money, but it would have been nice if he was able to pay his investors back right away and put a lot of chunk of change in his pocket because that was a passion project for him. Instead, he came out behind on, on, on the project overall. That's right. He came out behind and this was a project that obviously people wanted. And we had a big audience that people were watching him. And by the way, this was, he was so passionate about making this and the, the fact that he was able to get to land Tim Burton, the, the, the white whale of this project and went and went to England and, and had Tim Burton participate and give him all this stuff. It's worth paying for something like that. And I think that we all as, as supporters of this material have to understand when, when somebody does something like what John was doing, it's worth, it's worth the money to support a project like that. And if you don't want to don't watch it, right? Like I, I just, I don't understand this mentality. Okay. Somebody out there invested tons of time and money. I don't care if it's an individual, a small indie film company, a big studio, whatever, invested all this time, all this money, all this effort to make something. And people think I'm entitled to have it for free. I'm entitled. Right. And it's, it's, I'm sorry guys, but there is no rationale for it. It's, it's just theft. It just is again. And that's with me saying what's happening with discovery and PlayStation is unacceptable, but you can't say it's unacceptable if you're also going to pirate. So it's just, it's, it cuts both ways, unfortunately. All right. What's next? Remy Alester says Marvel's leading to an MCU phase out. They're on a downward spiral. The magic is gone. John and RDJ ain't going to be enough to bring the MCU back magic back. The MCU magic has faded. All it takes is good movies. Yeah, that's it. That the lack of good movies will kill your momentum for a long time. People thought the MCU can't be stopped. We've had over 13 years of banger and success and billion dollar films. Nothing's going to hurt it. Well, here we are. You lose quality. It's going to hurt it. But you start putting out great films again consistently, not just one, but like four of your next five are great. You can have the odd one that doesn't fire on all all cylinders. That's okay. Once in a while. But you put out four of your next five films and they're all incredible and they're crowd pleasing and the critics love them. The audiences love them. Guess what? The magic will be back really quick. There's no formula. It's just making great movies, which is much harder than it sounds. But they do that, and only if they do that, they'll get back to pre-pandemic levels. They will, if they're able to put out that quality of movie again. All right, what's next? Uh, We got Chris Miner. Thoughts on the FSU college football controversy. Okay, I'm I'm just going to touch on this quick because most people won't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, what's going on with it? Okay, so Florida State, the season's over now. The final four have been set 
who was going to be playing for the national championship. And Florida got left out, even though they went 13-0 and won their division. And instead, Alabama got in, uh, having one loss on their record. But Alabama beat the number one team in the nation on the final day, Georgia, the two-time defending champion, number one team in the league. And Alabama beat them, and they got in, and Florida's on the outside. All right? So there's been some controversy out there that Florida should have got that last spot instead of Alabama. Because they're thirteen and zero, Alabama has one loss, and I'm I'm sorry to all all due respect to all of my friends who are Florida fans, but you have no leg to stand on in this argument. There is not a single sports book in the country that if Florida and Alabama were going to play each other next week. There is not a single sports book in this country that would not have Alabama minimum a seven and a half point favorite. I've seen others say 10 and a half. I've seen a couple say 14 and a half. Nobody seriously believes that Florida with their starting quarterback out. Nobody believes that Florida team can beat this Alabama team. Nobody believes it. Every sports book in the country. And the thing about the college football playoff is the committee does not put in they they put in who they think the four best teams are i don't agree with the way they do that but that is the way they've always done it who are the four best teams and no serious person believes that with their starting quarterback out nobody believes that that florida team is better than this alabama team none of them do bama would kick the shit out of them if they played And that ends the debate. I'm sorry. That ends the debate. You put in the four best teams, and right now, listen, if in their final game, Florida played Louisville, I believe, a, at best, mediocre team, and they barely got by them. If Florida had beat the living shit out of them, say, 55 to 10, I bet you anything Florida would be in the final four and not Alabama. But they were barely able to got, get by a, at best, mediocre Louisville team without their starting quarterback. Nobody believes, nobody believes that this Florida team can beat this Alabama team. Therefore, right now, Alabama's the better team. I'm not even an Alabama fan, but Alabama is the better team. They deserve to be in the Final Four. It's as simple as that. I'm sorry. There's no other way to look at it. it it's, that's just the way it is. And I'm not, I don't even care that much about college football, but it's, 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 it's cut and dry. It's clear. Anyway, what's next? We got Irene Jobson who says, bring on the filthy secret wars. <laughs> bring on the filthy <laughs> secret wars. I listen, I, I don't even know what that movie's going to be <laughs> right now. No, Rob put it so well earlier. I was like, we don't even know who's in the Avengers. We have no idea what, there's certainly nothing going on in the MCU right now. That's that remotely hints to us what's going to happen in Avengers. But it's still going to be an Avengers movie, so I'm going to be excited about it. <laughs> All right, what's next? Brandon says, uh, any of you see that video of Florence Pugh getting hit in the eye by something someone at CCXP threw at her? No. Um, but anybody who throws things at people on stage, unless you're at a Bare Naked Ladies concert and you throw craft Dinner on the stage because you're supposed been. to do that. <laughs> During if I had a million dollars, that's something you're supposed to do. A craft dinner? Yeah. We wouldn't have to eat craft dinner. At that point, audiences throw craft dinner on the stage. <laughs> anyway, 
except for that, terrible. Anybody who throws stuff on the stage should have their balls kicked by a donkey. Ooh. I mean, like, wow, that's spicy. I mean, look, you. I don't care what you think. Weird things can happen when you throw something at somebody. Yes. You just don't know. And for you to put somebody else at risk so you can do something, you're a fucking idiot. And you should have the sh- you should have your balls used by a punching bag by everybody else who's at that convention. They should pin you down, hold your legs spread open, and everybody should get one stomp. And they're just gonna ruin it for everyone else. That person probably won't do that anymore. Go there anymore? Yeah, no, I you're mean, fucking you ruin right it for to. everybody else because you think you're cool. No, you're not cool. You're a fucking jackass. Anyway, so I, I didn't see that, but yeah. Anyway, all right. What's next? Uh, just Remy Alestra with some support. Oh, uh, thank you, Remy. Now, listen, we have gone way over time, but our channel members have sent us some questions. So we're going to take a couple of extra minutes and get to at least a few of our questions that our beloved channel members have sent in. So what do we got up here? Armella Smith says, hey, Rob, just got the collector's edition 4K WandaVision sitting right next to my 4K collector's edition of the Batman physical <laughs> media baby. And John Beautiful is Zevia, a sponsor now. Those SOBs, LOL. No, those cheap sons of bitches still are not a sponsor of the show. They did send me a couple of free cases of Zevia once, but that's all I got from those jerks <laughs> as I drink Zevia. Yeah. <laughs> I brought in some cases today. That's right, you did. You brought in some grape Zevia yeah, today. Yeah, grape and black cherry behind it. So let's see how those go. I'll have to try that out. All right, all right. Dominic says, which franchise would you say is currently better set to succeed in the next five years, MCU or Star Wars? I'll say MCU yeah, because, because while they are definitely on a drought the last two or three years, their big successes aren't that far in our rearview mirror. We're just talking 2019. It's only 2023 right now. Just 2019, we had Endgame. And by the way, after that, we still had Shang-Chi and we still had Spider-Man No Way Home and we still had Wanda. I mean, they've had, as, as much as they're on a downturn, they've still had a couple of great bangers. So I, I'd say they're in a better position right now. All right, what's next? Red One says, G Zilly's on his comeback era. Monarch is fantastic. Minus One was great. And this new Empire trailer looks epic. How excited are you about the future of Titan content? G Zilly? G Zilly? I'll tell you what, Rob, this is, this is going to not sit the same with everybody else, but I want to know what you think about this. I actually love the idea that right now we're getting very different Titan content. So we're getting Monarch that is truly focusing on the humans that inhabit the world. Yeah. <laughs> we're getting the minus one. That's really getting back to the traditional Godzilla stuff. And we've got this Godzilla V Kong iteration. That's more wild and bombastic, very much North America. But I, I really like that. We're getting a diversity of content within this Titan thing. How do you feel about it? I, I- I feel the same way. I mean, I would never, if you would ask me a year ago, if we would be getting a trailer for a new Godzilla versus Kong movie Monarch, and we get a great Toho Godzilla film from the people that created Godzilla, I'd be like, no way, but I'm there <laughs> for it because, and what's really interesting is it shows how diverse the storytelling within the monster verse can actually be. And so it's a lot of fun. Who would have thought giant monsters would be having a big Renaissance at the end of 2023? <laughs> uh, not me. The, the problem, though, here's, and I, I hate to throw uh, some water on this party. The <laughs> problem, <laughs> though, is <laughs> water boy. There's only so many stories yeah. you can do. Like I, I was saying the other day, Rob, that 
to me, Godzilla movies, as fun as they can be, at the end of the day, they're kind of like zombie movies. They're all kind of the same <laughs> with a few <laughs> minor differences. Because how many stories can you... It's almost like the Superman problem, right? How many stories can you tell about a three, four, 500-foot monster that crunches cities and then goes away? I, I, I mean, it, <laughs> it does kind of limit it, don't you think? I don't know. How do you see that? Well, I mean, it, it, it really depends... Uh, yes, I think they're limited to a certain extent because at the end of the day, everybody wants to see monsters fight in trash urban areas, which is, which is, which is good, but you can also add, it really does reflect back on the human story. Like one of my favorite Godzilla movies, man has astronauts landing on planet X, right? Where these aliens asked to borrow Rodan and Godzilla to solve their Ghidorah problem. You know, and that's a little crazy. And, and, but really what they want to do is invade the earth, you know, and it's, it's, that's a very different kind of a movie than, than Godzilla minus one is where you're dealing with a meditation on post-war Japan and the teaching of nuclear hellfire and, and, or you can get aliens flying saucers with hot, you know, hot people in weird black and silver outfits that control the monsters. I mean, it's, it's, there's a wide gamut of stories to tell, John. Oh, hey, there, there was one where Spider-Man grew 300 feet tall and, and battled alongside Godzilla. I'm yes, not making that yes, up. Yes. No, that's the Japanese uh, Spider-Man show. That's you, right. You, and you there's, there's a lot of great, great stuff. You can't tell me it's not soothing the sounds of cities crunching because of Godzilla. Oh, sure. But you, you know, there's only so much of that you can do. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's do one more question and we'll close out today. What's next? <laughs> Zelda Master says, just started Invincible, and man, is this show a treat. Watch the Adam Eve prequel first, and now I am about halfway through season one, and it's been just one day. Glad I still have a season and a half to watch. Yeah, season one was an absolute delight. I mean, right right from the ending of the first episode, when the big turn happens, it's just like unbelievable. I, I'm going to admit, I haven't loved season two, <laughs> I, I'm still watching every episode. Like I'm, I'm enjoying it, and it's uh, gross. I, I, but I haven't loved season two so far. Why do you guys watch this every time Ryan's watching it? Right, and I pass by because I, I haven't seen any. I'll turn to the screen, and every time I turn to the screen, I'm like, "That's freaking gross!" Like <laughs> yeah, they do a lot like of gross stuff. A brain, like this guy's brain is outside of his head. Like I can't. I get tingles in my back whenever I see that. You know when you see something super like just not unnerving. Yeah. I, every time I see a, a, anything from that show, I'm like, oh, I can't watch that. <laughs> yeah. I, have you been keeping up with uh, Invincible this this season yet, Rob? I have not delved into season two, but I liked season one. Yeah, I, mean, I really like season one. Yeah, I, I did too. I, 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 I would expect I would like season two just as much. It's just, you know what? To be honest, animation always takes a lower priority for me. I always want to catch up on the, I know. I know. Chris, Chris said that. That was Chris. Chris said that. By the way, uh, side, just on the side, um, Ann and I, I put up a video, just a funny, just a fun little video of Ann and I, our date day. Yesterday was a big date day for me and Ann. And part of our date days, we went to Los Angeles Comic Con. I didn't get any footage of her, but we saw this girl who was cosplaying as Jinx from Arcane. That was one of the best cosplays I've ever seen in my life. And by the way, big thank you to all the show viewers who came up and talked to us uh, at LA Comic-Con yesterday. It was a lot of fun. And uh, we were really glad to see all you guys there. All right, guys. 
With that down, that'll do it for today's installment of the John Campia Show podcast. Thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those questions. Number one, because you gave us fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did and all of us involved. Thank you guys so much for your support. I'll let you guys know that in about an hour and a half at three o'clock, uh, I'm going to be doing an open mic. So if you guys want to come back and just hang out and chat about movies for an hour or so, come on back and join me. Normally you do them at three 30 today. We're going to do them at three o'clock. Uh, come on by and join me. And I hope to see you there. So for everybody in the room with me, Ray or 6am grand theft auto trailer drops tomorrow. Ooh, so I'm sure we're gonna be talking about that tomorrow. Jonathan Voico. See you later. Robert Meyer Burnett. Cheers. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.